Now that your baby is here, you probably have a lot of questions. So says the classic manual of parenting, what to expect when you're expecting. And amongst the helpful advice offered there, there is actually a step-by-step guide for how you should hold your baby. Number one, it says, wash your hands. Number two, be comfortable, breathe, relax, let your heart beat at a normal rate. Number three, provide support. Number four, choose a position where you can be at ease. If you do these things, it's no trouble at all. But at the very first, that's what the Christmas story is about. It's about holding a baby. My friend Reverend Ashley Ann Masters recalled this a few years back when she was standing in a grocery store checkout line and the customer in front of her asked the clerk if she had any Christmas stamps. And the clerk replied, well, no, uh, we just have Liberty Bell and some lady holding a baby. Asking to see these stamps, the customer said, oh, um, that's Mary holding Jesus. Those are Christmas stamps. I'll take those. But Ashley Ann came to the front and the clerk scanned her items and she was still talking about these stamps. She said she had sold those stamps for weeks and she never knew that it was Mary and Jesus. She only knew that it was just some lady holding a baby. Which means that she did know something of what the story is about. It is just that ordinary. It's a story about young parents in a barn having journeyed to Bethlehem as merely two among a mass of people coming to be taxed. Some first century farm workers come by having heard about the birth. The teenage mother gives birth to a healthy baby and she holds him close. And she and her fiancé name him Jesus. Word becoming flesh and history swinging on its hinge and it was just as common as a young woman holding her infant son. Mary preparing herself. Trying to be comfortable. Supporting his body. Nudging his head into the crook of her arm. Joseph in the days and weeks to come, deliriously swaying in the night, trying to lull him to sleep in that cradle hold that he preferred. And then in today's text, Simeon in the temple, approaching and stretching out his arms and opening his hands to hold what he perceives to be the Son of God, the salvation that his eyes have finally seen. Simeon took the child Jesus in his arms and praised God, Luke says. And when we encounter Simeon, it's not Christmas Day. It's 40 days later. The shepherds, the angels, the heavenly hosts, they are all gone now. The music has stilled, as Howard Thurman once described. Joseph and Mary are just starting to sleep through the night. As devout Jews, they have already taken their infant son for circumcision and naming. And now, after the appropriate time has passed, they've come to the temple in Jerusalem, as was their custom for the baby to be dedicated unto God. And that's when Simeon comes into the temple, guided by the Spirit, Luke says. Startled at first by his enthusiasm, perhaps, Mary and Joseph can sense that the Lord's Spirit is upon him. And they hear Simeon's prophecy and it reminds them of the whole whirlwind of the previous weeks and months when angels and shepherds had all come into their lives to foretell the greatness of their son. And so they offer their son to this faithful servant approaching them. And Luke says that Simeon took him in his arms. And the text is very clear about the posture here, you might know. Literally, it says in the Greek that his elbows are bent. So his arms are relaxed. He's breathing easily. His hands, they're open. Because that's how you hold a baby. 
But it's more than that, isn't it? From ancient times, this posture that Luke describes in Simeon is a posture that represents gratitude. A posture that indicates a willingness to receive the gifts of God. Your elbows bent, not extended as though you're trying to grab something. Your palms are open. You're not trying to clutch too tightly or to grasp and pull too rigidly. You're breathing easily. Your heart rate is normal. You're able to be at ease, to be delicate and gentle with the gifts that God has given you. And Simeon lived his life this way, I think. His life, it was open to that spirit that they can sense is upon him, that is guiding him, that is moving him, that is revealing things to him. His eyes were also open to the work of God around him in the world as he looked and tried to find peering around for the evidence of God's salvation. And his heart was open to those who came his way. And so it makes sense that he would approach the infant Jesus like this with his elbows bent, with his palms, his hands also open. Among those who practice contemplative prayer, this is known as a posture in which you receive. In fact, throughout Christian history, Simeon has been known by another title. He's been called the God receiver. Most of our translations of Luke describe Simeon taking the baby. But that's too strong because he doesn't take the baby. He receives. And there's a world of difference between taking something and receiving it, between clutching something and cradling it. And that difference might just remind us of the heart of the Gospel itself. The scholar Ray Brown has suggested that the infancy narratives in Matthew and Luke, the stories of Jesus' birth and all of the details contained in these Gospels, all that precedes His adult ministry, that they are the Gospel in miniature. And that we are drawn into them not because of all of the romance and imagery and music and tradition, but because we recognize what Brown calls, quote, an essential core of the Gospel message. And if this is so, then part of what we recognize in Simeon is the choice that is before any of us as we approach this One who is born into our midst in these days of Christmas. How will we respond to the gifts of God in our life? That's really the question today. How will we respond to the baby that is born among us? Will we be people who take or will we receive? Will we clutch or will we cradle all that has been given to us? Jenny and I are parents to a Christmas baby, or an almost Christmas baby at least. We waited for the birth of our son Warner some years back, moving through the month of December, knowing that at any moment our baby could come early before his January due date. It was a quiet season in our house relatively. We laid low at home. We asked family to wait to visit until our baby arrived. Christmas Day was low-key. It was relaxed. And then four days later, he came. And so we did what you do with the best gifts in your life. We relaxed. We took a breath. We held Him. We started to set our lives by the rhythm of His breathing. And it seems impossible that all of that was nine years ago, just this past Friday. But babies grow up. And so too does the infant Jesus. The child grew and became strong. Verse 40 is clear. He starts stretching his way into this world. He starts enlarging the space that is around him. He starts pushing at the boundaries, ignoring them altogether even. 
So He grows from the One who fits in the palm of our hand, One we can cradle into the One who is beyond anyone's grasp. From the One who sits in a nativity scene on an altar table quaintly in a sanctuary to the One who starts flipping over the furniture in the house of worship. And I wonder if part of why we're so drawn to the Christmas story is because that's the Jesus that we can always hold. The One that we can take into our arms. The One that we have the power to clutch. The One that we can form in our own image. Because that's what so many of us are looking for when we come to Jesus. When we come to God's gifts to us. As they were in Simeon's day. Simeon has been waiting his entire life as we see the temple setting of the scene, this setting tells us not only where Simeon is standing literally and physically, but also where he is standing theologically. That philosophically, he is right in the middle of messianic expectations of his tradition. Expectations that so often began as ours do with extended arms and with grasping hands and with set declared plans. Consider his mother in this scene. She's heard from the angel. She's sensed her son's greatness. She has said yes to her part within it all. But imagine her chill when Simeon turns this blessing from God to then address Mary. And he seems to warn Mary, steal yourself, Mary. A sword will pierce your soul too, Mary, because of this child that you are holding so gently and you can never prepare for it, not fully. This reminder that Jesus would suffer, but also that Mary would suffer because she loved Him. This proud mother holding her newborn son, suddenly learning that He's going to grow beyond what she can hold. That He's going to extend beyond her protective embrace. In fact, in the very next scene in the Gospel of Luke, she loses Him on the road. This sign that He is growing stronger and older and out beyond even her reach and expectations. Which is what he would do throughout his life to so many others, constantly encountering arms that are stretching out to grasp him, to direct him, to mold him into the one that they have been waiting for, even unto the end. Notice one of the last things that he says to Mary Magdalene outside his tomb as he stands there, resurrected in the fullness of his glory as the risen one who could not be held by the tomb. He has to say to her, Don't hold on to me, Mary. Because you can imagine her in that moment grasping at Him, reaching out to grab or to take. And He says to her again, relax your arms. You've got to open your hands. You've got to open your life. Because we don't come to know Jesus by taking hold. We come to know this gift by receiving. Arms open and limbs free, loosening the stress of what we expect Him to be or need Him to be. And instead receiving Him as He truly is. And setting our lives by the rhythm of His breaths. And finding how He helps us to come to know ourselves and our world anew. That's what this baby makes known to Simeon and to all of us who would receive Him in these days of Christmas. Another way. A way of salvation and freedom that helps us to see what we have not seen before. And it was true from the very beginning. Even for those first to hear the proclamation of the Gospel as the angels tell them, fear not, and they bring themselves to loosen up and to run with abandon to see this thing that they had heard about. See, in order to receive, you have to loosen your grip on some of what you're carrying already. We can't hold open our arms if fear is blanketing our shoulders. 
We are slowed down when our hands are clutching and grasping every measure of security. We can't animate this story with our own lives as we are intended if we're holding on to our set expectations. We can't take on its motions and movements if we're too fixed and unwilling to follow in the way of vulnerability and love. And that's what the baby in the manger grows to tell us about, to make known in our midst an elbows bent, palms open, entire way of being. In fact, much later in the story, when he sends out his disciples to follow in his way, he tells them that they have to open their hands. Don't take a staff, he says. Set down the money in your purse. Don't take a cloak or a blanket. Leave your shoes. You go out vulnerable, without the precautions to which you're accustomed. Because with your hands free, you see, you can learn to welcome the stranger in your midst. And with no staff to protect yourself or ward off what approaches, you're less likely to live with suspicion of what you might encounter up ahead. Without your sandals, you'll remember what it is to walk free and uninhibited through this good earth. So leave it. Leave the bag, too, because without it, you'll learn that while you can carry a lot of provisions and precautions, you can never carry enough. You have to go out open and take no copper in your purse. Leave it. Because without it jingling around there, you're less likely to believe that you're self-made. You're more likely to look around and remember this web of mutuality in which we all are held. Because you see, with our bodies free, we can run with abandon. Unencumbered, we can sense more readily the leading of the Spirit that leads us all to the place that we can receive this one who comes near to us. Of course, not long after Simeon holds him in Luke 2, the world that received Jesus will begin to change from this posture. We'll become aggressive and anxious. We'll try to get our arms around him so that he fits all of our hopes for him. We'll try to grasp him so that he'll just remain still instead of constantly compelling us forward to places that we wouldn't choose to go. We'll try to clutch him near to us so that he loves what we love and hates what we hate and confirms all of our biases and assumptions. We want him to fit all of our categories and expectations that we keep within arm's length of us. And when he doesn't, well, then corporately we'll grab hold of him and we'll take him to that hill outside Jerusalem. And it happens so quickly so easily. Chances are it is happening to us even now. This one born into our midst is starting to grow. And as we feel the tension that that brings and the demands that it makes on us, it is so much easier to just take hold of him once again. To just forget that the way we are meant to receive Christ in our world is the posture with which we receive a baby. Nine years ago, I held my son, Warner, for the first time. But babies grow, and these days, he's sort of hard to get a hold of. A lot of intensity and energy there. One of his great gifts, sometimes it's a little sporadic. Occasionally, it can be dangerous, as evidenced by hospital bills in the last couple years of our lives, as evidenced by monthly dental appointments for knocked out teeth and things like that. But of course, as a parent, we are left to respond to these motions of our children. And I notice in myself all the time my reflexes and responses. Like recently we were gathered with family and my son was bouncing around with characteristic energy, 
and it was approaching a dangerous or at least to some an irritating level. I was feeling the weight of others' expectations of what a child ought to do in a public space. And as he ran by me, I had that reflex always so present in me to try to grasp it, to try to get it still, to manage it, to just clutch it. Just stay here in place, would you? And as he ran by, and I reflexively started to reach just for a moment, something happened and something shifted in me. And instead of grabbing, I just sort of put my hand on his back. He stopped and I just started to rub his back and the oddest thing happened. He slowed down. And so I continued, and continued until he ended up pressing up against me and then up into my lap and I could smell his hair and I could feel his breathing. And he'd get down periodically, but then he'd come back. And then this went on for over an hour. You know, I barely moved. I didn't want to ruin this, didn't want to stir him, didn't want to wake either of us from this moment because all I could do was receive it. I'm not even sure if it will happen again, but I am sure that I'm learning that the best gifts of my life are meant to be treated this way, with gentleness, with ease with open hands. So be comfortable, breathe, relax, let your heart beat at a normal rate. Loosen up, unclench, stop grasping, bend your elbows, open your hands, receive, so that we might say with Simeon, my eyes, oh God, have seen your salvation. And may it be so for us this Christmas. God receivers all. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.